It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, March 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to do some math today, Russ. Oh, just what I love, math. Yeah, we are going to dig way into what the cap is looking like for next season on today's show, and we're going to talk about the game tonight against Carolina all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our latest episodes, the Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week. So if you got questions on the Flyers or the NHL, send those our way. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, first up, obviously, we got to address the Tony D'Angelo continuing situation. Um, I made myself chuckle when I wrote in the notes, it's a hearing for spearing. (laughs) But um, uh, as of recording, just full disclosure, we don't know the results of the hearing. We do know it was not an in-person hearing. So the most he could get is three games uh, for it. But uh, chances are very high. He will not be playing in tonight's game. So uh, Tortorella will have to do a regular lineup with only six defensemen, 12 forwards, and and Bello should be checking it, correct? Sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad he's going to have to do that. Um, yeah, I would say it's 99.9 Tony doesn't play. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets two or three. I, it would surprise me if he only gets one. I think so, too. I think he gets two or three, depending on um, how the the chips fall. Uh, as far as the game against Carolina tonight, uh, the Canes were pretty, I think, judicious at the trade deadline. They made a couple of moves uh, just to fine-tune things, uh, picking up Jesse Pugliarvi, uh, which I thought was smart, give him a, a reset and uh, you know a chance to maybe have a fresh start um, a kid with a lot of potential, but things just were not working out for him in Edmonton. And then uh, our old friend Shane Gostas Bear is now in Carolina, mm-hmm. of course, traded from the Arizona Coyotes. We discussed that on our trade recap show in how. <laughs> Although Union um, got beaten by Princeton, so he's probably sad. I'm not sad, but he's aw. probably sad. <laughs> All right. Yeah, with the uh, trade for Ghost, uh, Arizona got picks not only for taking Shingasta's bear, but then trading him. So that's pretty good for them. Um, I think, you know, the big question right now is that have they been constructing their team and are they a team that can play the Bruins and win? Because that's, you know, the big dominant force in the East right now. Yeah, I think they're a team that could play the Bruins and win. I don't love their goaltending. I still don't love it, but 
between Ronta and um, Freddie Anderson, but everything else is there. So, and I'm not even counting Ron Puyarvi doing much, if anything. So, right. But Spear will help him, uh, and and I think he'll be better than what D'Angelo gave him. So, end of the day, I think, and Brett Burns is still a huge upgrade, massive. Like he's, oh yeah, he's one of the big reasons they're so much better this year. So I do still like them. They, they can play any type of game you want. Uh, they do score goals, but maybe not as much as I want, but they can, they could get hot and score them in pockets. The Flyers have no answer for Svechnikov. They never do. They have no answer for Dawson Mercer. They never do. Um, this is a game where you worry about the Flyers um, losing worse than they were losing to Tampa. Uh, again, I know people want to say, hey, you know, it was close because it was 4-2 and you had your goalie pulled, whatever. I mean, if you think that's close, that's fine. I, I didn't think that was close. I think this game could be even further apart. It could be. I think the only difference I think that could work in the Flyers' favor, to your point, is the goaltending. I think, mm-hmm. you know, Vasilevsky was obviously a much more talented goaltender sure. than either of what Carolina has to offer. So maybe some of those shots go in. Uh, that the Flyers were taking. But again, I, I think that's really the only factor here that's different that I think could make any difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, the Flyers are pouring minutes into guys that are really still giving them um, minimal points. So that's that's worrisome because if that's the the answer or that's, the, that's what we're going to do now to kind of fix the offense, it's not working. Uh, you kind of wish right. it would be more strategic than that, honestly. But... So far, that's what we've seen. So I don't know if it'll be more strategic next game. Right. And I think the upshot here is, you know, and, you know, apologies for sounding like torts here, but I think we're just looking for the effort, right? We're looking for the consistency and the effort in terms of defensive structure. I think we're looking for, you know, ways to slow Carolina down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the score at the end of the game aside, it's just can they put together a complete game that that looks like something planned right that isn't them panicking or you know caving at some point in the game yeah the complete game part is right the um have they found a line in you know like tippet faraby frost i'm not sure i don't know yet i mean it's not producing a lot it's producing a little so I, i i need more answers for things like that and if i don't get them in you know the next 18 games i'm gonna be like I'm not sure what the season was. So this game, yeah. yeah, playing a full 60 is probably the number one. I think it should be a really important game tonight in terms of, you know, assessing some of those things, mm-hmm. you know, along with the, the rest of the games and then in the remainder of the season. But, you know, against a top team like Carolina, who uh, the Flyers faced twice before the end of the season. So uh, a lot of good opportunities to face good teams and to figure some stuff out here. Uh, Moving over to our discussion on the salary cap, Russ, I just wanted to kind of level set where we were and give our lay of the land, so to speak, Mm -hmm. for the Flyers going into next season. Because Flyers are currently at 46 contracts, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously there's going to be some turnover there and they're going to add some and and some guys are going to go away. We have three active flyers who are on RFAs that they either have to resign or let go. And that's Noah Cates, who's going to get signed, right? Morgan Frost, which I would say is like, he's going to get signed. 
yeah, there's a small chance he wouldn't, but I think it's um, it's pretty clear he gets signed, and Cam York is going to get signed, right? right? So th- those are your three. Then we have some sort of quote unquote prospect RFAs that need to get offers, and that's Ali Lixel, Ronnie Adderd, Igor Zamula, who I question if they're going to put an offer out to, and then Jackson Cates, who I think they'll give him a, a two way contract again. Yeah, I think Cates is safe. Mm-hmm. I think Lixel's safe. Uh, Adder is safe. Zamula, I would hope, is safe, but I don't know that. But exactly, exactly. I don't know that. Yeah. Then we have um, some UFA and RFAs, uh, guys on expiring contracts that I would assume would not be getting two-way deals or deals with the Flyers next year. I think there there could be a question there. They could be getting some AHL contracts out of it. But we have, uh, of course, James Van Riemsdyk at the top of the list. Yeah, he's he's um, done. We know he's that. done. Yeah, uh, Justin Braun is definitely. I think he's done. Yeah, I would say he's done. Brendan Lemieux is a question mark, but more likely done. Mm-hmm. We would hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, again, unless the coach intervenes, but I would think you're right. So, uh, yeah. So then we have Kiefer, we have Kiefer Bellows. Yeah, we done. have Max Willman, who I think they're probably going to let go. I would think. They could try and offer him an AHL contract, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And then Wyatt Wiley, who we've talked about extensively on the show. We'd like to see him week. stay, but it doesn't seem that way. Right. And then Louis Belpedio could get one of those depth two-way contracts because uh, he has played well this year. But um, I don't think he factors into the salary cap at the NHL level. No, so. he doesn't. So I think that's kind of where we're at. Have Have we left anybody out, Russ? No, I mean, um, Zamolik has already got an ELC for next year, so he's mm-hmm. in NHL. So he was the only other person of note. We didn't talk about the goaltending. I guess, like, Grosnick is a minor, you know. Yeah. He's the one. So, um I would say they probably won't bring him back based on his age. You know, I guess if you want to mention this, because I was asked about this on a podcast yesterday, Fedotov, I think, will be permanently on loan. You'll never see him in the NHL. So I don't think his, until, and, you know, his rights will inevitably run out at some point. I guess Nagel, what do we think? Are they going to bring him back another year? Probably. Yeah, I just, that's an AHL contract. But yeah, that's AHL. So, but that's it for all the AHL ones. All right. So that uh, kind of sets the table for us. And uh, coming up next, we're going to start discussing, okay, now how, how do we cook this? Midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. You know, maybe you bet on uh, James Harden getting 20 assists one more time. That's a pretty good game for him. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so we set the table. Now we got to figure out what 
to do to fix the salary cap situation. And obviously, number one on the list is, you know, we have to clear cap space. Right. But like, why do we have to, to do that? And I think the answer is simply that there's just not enough room to sign anybody else, right? Because if, or anybody else of consequence. Because if you look at the main roster right now, if everybody returns uh, who's currently on the Flyers main roster, who is signed for next year, right? Um, you're already over the salary cap, right. assuming Cam Atkinson and Sean Couturier are back in the lineup. Well, they're going to start the year on, on the on on the cap, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you figure right now, let's big picture, like you said, you know, we're talking about somewhere between two and a half million bucks and maybe three and a half million bucks, depending on what the cap is. Uh, that's not enough to sign everybody, like you said. And you need at least, I think, one free agent signing on the blue line. I wouldn't bring up anybody from Lehigh to start the year on the blue line. I'd let everybody start in Lehigh, see what they pick up, carry over from this past year, and then work worry about it, you know, after a few weeks into the season. So looking at that, then my next thing is, okay, where am I getting cap space from? So I've got the three candidates to get cap space from. Right. That's Ristolainen, who again at, you know, five over five million for the next four. You got Kevin Hayes for a little over seven for the next three. And you got Travis Konechny, who is what, a little like almost around six, five points five point He's five point five. Five five and a half, thanks, for the next two. So that's the one that I'm worried about the least. But still have conversations about it because you never know if somebody's really crazy about him at the draft. You might, you know, be able to recoup your second round or you might be able to get um, another, you know, another pick from another draft and maybe a, a good prospect. I'd have to consider that. But but for strict cap movement, those are the three that I would look at, not Ivan Provorov. All right. So I think there's two ways to look at this, um, especially with Ivan Provorov and, and the D side of things. I think, you know, from a is he working out here? What can he offer side of things? I, I do think he is somebody that you would think about trading. However, at the same time, if you're suggesting that we don't bring anybody up from Lehigh and we sign a free agent defenseman, that leaves the the decor kind of bare bones, even given that. And you would need a guy like Ivan Provorov around. Yeah. And so I, I see where you're coming from with that, and, and in terms of why you would have um, Ivan Provorov on your don't trade him list. I, now, it it would depend on what you would get in return, right? If it's a D for D kind of trade where you get just a different kind yeah, of yeah. That's to me. That I have no interest in that. Well, it's a possibility, though, and and I think that's something you maybe consider. But I, I, I tend to agree with you that that might not be likely. Anyway. Yeah, the only reason I don't have an interest is because you're not going to get someone that's going to be able to play a number one D, even if Provov's the fifteenth best n- number right. one D. That's the reason. 
So I, I think you're right in terms of Rasmus Ristolainen being the defenseman that you try and trade in order to clear the cap space so that you can actually sign another quality defenseman that maybe you can finally get someone to pair up with Proveroff mm-hmm. that might work. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what the goal is here. I do, I do think Sanheim is a possibility, but I think his salary is too high relative to how yeah, his, his play has gotten has so bad year. now that I really don't yeah. think there's a market for him. Like if you asked me at the beginning of the season, it's a different answer to that question. I think even the at the deadline, I thought he was playing different. better. Now Torts is singling him out again. It's it's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. Torts is not doing us any favors with that. So I agree with you on the wrist and as as the target. I think, you know, Tony D'Angelo is what it is. I don't think anybody's taken him. No. And he's the only one that I would say maybe you can retain some salary if there's the right offer just because there's only one year left on the deal. Right. Um, so it's not going to hurt you. And certainly you're going to shop him at the trade deadline if you don't trade him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that that's what you do with him. It, it's really unfortunate to me because I think, you know, maybe Ronnie Adderd is going to be in a place where you'd want to call him up. But Well, he can come up um, if, if I've moved the Ristolini contract. If I can't, then yeah. he has to wait a little bit. Yeah, because we do still have Nick Sealer under contract for. I mean, he's year. untouchable. Very, right, very cheap, but um, he's still a defensive body that'll that'll be there. So I, I think you're right there. It's a glowing endorsement, the- by the way. <laughs> I think Torts would say it a little no, more he's glowing. Fine. Yeah, 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 he's fine. Like I, you know, I don't have any problem with him playing in the bottom pairing right eh, now. I kind of do, it, but that's like, fine. You know, on on this team. On this team, fine. When you say it like that, okay. So then looking at the forward situation, so Sean Couturier, obviously a big expense. Um, and we're, we're assuming in our exercise here that he's coming back right. at the beginning of, of next season. Or sometime make, next season. Or Yes. Uh, we can't make the same assumption about Cam Atkinson, no. except we have to include his salary for now in these considerations. And so that is why Kevin Hayes is the most attractive one to try and trade. Now, you know, like you said, he does have a number of years left on the contract. However, he's the one that has produced the most yeah. <laughs> at the same time and has some value to trade. And uh, while Travis Konechny has a lower salary and a much higher value, um, I think in terms of what will do the most to help the Flyers, Kevin Hayes is that guy. Yeah. I agree. That's he would be the one. But again, if people think they're going to be able to trade him to Columbus and the Flyers are going to get this great player back under great term, it's not going to happen. You're going to get a bad contract back and then something else, too. Like it's going to be something like that to match the salary. It's going to be end up being salary for salary or something close to that. And you hope that the other player you get is somebody you could use in the future. So, you know, I that's why I'm not that high on Kevin Hayes getting traded. And that's why I'll listen to offers on connecting. I think that's exactly where we're headed yeah, in a perfect world or in a, in a perhaps non-Chuck Fletcher world. But I, I think that um, that's certainly something they should be considering. Now, as far as, you know, the existing signed prospects, um, you know, I, I th- I'm not sure that there's anybody that would come up to the main roster um, that would get a significant bump on an RFA uh, deal. But, you know, maybe Ali Lixel makes the cut if uh, Torts gives him a chance and that could save some money. Um, 
you know, and then beyond that, we're looking at Tyson Forrester, Elliot Denoye, and Bobby Brink, who are all already signed and their salaries won't go up and they're all well under yeah. a million. Brink, so. Brink probably has the edge because of management wanting to push that narrative and mm-hmm. he's good offensive player, so they're going to probably push him. So, and then uh, the we have the goaltending situation. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to get into that and then look at some of the unsigned prospects and see where that could potentially fit into the salary cap picture coming up next. All right, Russ. So getting into the goaltending situation, you mentioned Ivan Fedotov and it being very likely that he's never uh, to set foot on these shores again yep. <laughs> in a Flyers uniform. Um, which is pretty unfortunate. You said I that like say. a romance novel, but yes. <laughs> she would never Listen. see him again. He set sail and he never came back. Um, well, you know, that's it hockey. Happens. Always a soap opera. Right? <laughs> True. Uh, so the issue we have next season isn't really a cap situation as much as a roster personnel situation because we have Carter Hart locked in for another year. That's a discussion for the following year's salary cap. No, but Uh, it's yes. And, and no, well, but it's really the personnel decision, right. That will lead to that because if we have Carter Hart locked in for just under 4 million, like we do for next season, Then we have Felix Sandstrom locked in, and we also have Sam Erson locked in for next season. We know Sam Erson is the heir apparent as far as the backup position goes, but we do have them both under contract. So here's the twist you didn't expect. I am going up to Carter Hart, even without previous discussion, and offering him an eight-year deal to see where his head's at. If we can't come to any kind of conclusion on that and he doesn't want to like negotiate during the year, well, then I am trading Carter Hart. And then that will affect this year's cap because I'm finding out now what the deal mm-hmm. is because he's going to be a lot more attractive to trade um, with a full year and one more RFA year than just the RFA year. Yeah, I think that's a, a really smart approach because, you know, if, if he even says, oh, you know, maybe not an eight-year term. I want to do a bridge deal, uh, which I wouldn't think he would say. No, but he might say five. If he goes five, I'm like, okay, sure, five is fine. Sure, that means he wants to stick around, right? right? Yes. And to see where this this rebuild plays out. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I think you're right. If he says, no, I I want to wait until the off-season, that also puts the Flyers in a difficult situation if he decides he wants to walk, right? So you'd rather know now. I'm not giving him, I'm not, I'm not waiting on that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a a smart approach. But um, so I do see how that could affect the cap, but I certainly don't think it would happen before the season. Um, It might happen er early in the season. Could be either. Could happen before the season. Summer discussions are not out of the realm. Looking at some additional signed prospects and unsigned prospects that I think have outside chances of at least spending some time on the Flyers roster that, again, won't really affect the cap so much because they're low salaries. But we do have to consider them just in in the big picture. Um, if you're looking at uh, J.R. Avon, who's mm-hmm. signed and, you know, we've talked about him. He's had a pretty successful year in junior um, I thought he was really, 
prepared and and played well at camp last year, mm -hmm. particularly. And so I'm thinking there's a he's going to make a run yeah. at making the roster for sure. Yeah, he'll um, make a, a I, little run at it. Sure. Yeah, I think Ethan Sampson is going to make a run at it. Mm -hmm. I don't think he'll make it, mm -hmm. but I think he's going to make a run at it. And he's been a, a pretty stellar player uh, this year as well. Um, and then, of course, we have our unsigned prospect list. So Carter Gauthier is clearly at the top of that list. Um, but again, we've talked about it that we don't think no. he'll sign this you, year. You'll see him at the end of the year when BC season's over yeah, next year. I think so, too. Um, again, we could be wrong, but that's, I think, the direction we're going in here. Uh, then the elusive Jay O'Brien if they are going to give him a contract or not, will be a factor. I don't think they're signing him. That's just my gut feeling. Yeah. And then to me, the most intriguing guy is Emil Andre. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know his contract status. And I am supposed to write about him this week. I'm going to guess that he's going to stay one more year. I don't, but I don't know his contract status. So that one's kind of hard. You can't always get these guys contract status, what it is over in Sweden immediately. So um, I think it's going to be another year for him. That's just a guess. It could change. Yeah. I mean, this is a very personal, I think, decision for him. Does he want to make the jump over right. here now? Um, or does he not want to be part of this mess until yeah. the following year? I think that could be a, a big factor in it too, that he wants to come into a slightly better situation with another year in the SHL under his belt, and that can't hurt him one bit. Um, and then we've got uh, some dark horses to maybe sign. Uh, Brian Zanetti and Gavin Hayne are the ones that are, you know, the the rights will go away the soonest. Right. Um Hayne, I don't think they have any interest in. That's mm -mm. a shame. He's a decent player. He's not great. He's probably an AHLer, but just doesn't seem like they do. I saw him play a few weeks ago. I thought he, you know, is effective, but I don't see it. And um, and Zanetti, I think will go back another year. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, he is playing well in junior, but I yes. think like another year in leadership there will will do him some good. Uh, just kind of recapping this big picture here, the Flyers are, are in a, a, a very tight situation when it comes to the cap and have a lot of work to do. And I, I think the big concern hanging over our heads here is that if the Flyers were unable to make some quality deals at trade deadline, understanding that the circumstances are different with you know retained salary and expiring contracts and all of that, I think that this offseason is going to be a huge uphill battle for Chuck Fletcher to get well-structured deals for any trades that he wants to try and accomplish. Yeah, like just just to be clear, the only guy getting uh, a long-term deal out of me is Carter Hart. You want a mm -hmm. long-term deal, you get it, and it still won't count until the year after. So that's, that's one thing. Um, everybody else is getting bridged. York, bridge. Frost, Bridge, Kate's Bridge. They're all getting bridged. Yeah, I mean, I can I could see them throwing a little bit of a bone in Noah Kate's direction from a salary perspective, but it. It, it's still, right, it's, it's still going to be a bridge. You can give him a higher because, end of a bridge, sure, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because he is playing a I, higher position than you expected, so give him that bump, but I'm not signing the long term. Yep. Not yet, no. No, because there are too many moving pieces and parts here for yeah. the foreseeable future. 
Um, and obviously we, we won't know what the draft looks like this year and how that will factor into no. things yet. And we're going to revisit this conversation. Like if they um, get Bedard, he's going to be in the, the lineup that helps the cap. Sure. And, sure. and you know, that, that helps the situation really short of anybody else. Nobody else is, you can't count on anybody else playing for the flyers out of the draft. So get that thought out of your head other than Bedard, just because that's the odds are, that's the way it's going to go. And then I, you know, and the same thing, I think for Carter Gauthier for even last year's guy. So we're sort of being realistic with that. You know, at the end of the day, we probably got a clear in the 10 to $12 million range from the cap going into next year to have room to finagle anything and put together at least, you know, ice a, a roster that looks slightly better than the one we had this year. Yeah, I'd like to get a nice, like, three-year defenseman who could actually play defense. Yeah. What's that like for us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we will be revisiting the salary cap situation uh, probably in the early off season and then after the draft uh, just to see where we're at and, um, you know, what the free agency season could look like based on who's going to definitely walk away and all of that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to recap the game against the Canes that they are playing tonight. Uh, they're playing the Pens over the weekend on the road who are um, having fire Hextall chants at their games. So that's... Which is irrational. It makes no yeah, sense, honestly. It's, it's um, kind of an interesting situation over there. It is. And uh, we will get into it then. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. So send in any mailbag questions you have via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked on Flyers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. It's on your Locked on NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.